0: Today's episode of NetFront Presence is brought to you by Closets by Design St. Louis. Welcome to the NetFront Presence podcast. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch. This is a prologue. Earlier today, Jim Thomas in Las Vegas and Tom Timmerman here in the STL joined myself to talk about uh, various blues topics. We recorded the podcast before we knew that the Blues game against the Vegas Golden Knights would not occur due to COVID-19 issues within the Golden Knights. But we covered a lot of ground on this podcast unrelated to the cancellation of the game or the postponement, uh, including uh, topics uh, near and dear to Blues fans' hearts such as Vince Dunn's future, uh, the breakout for Jordan Cairo, the needs for Robert Thomas to play better, our concerns about Vili and in general the urgency of games played in a 50 game, 56 game season. So without further ado, we take you to the previously recorded version of the Netfront with Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas, who's on board from Las Vegas. Tom Timmerman here in frigid St. Louis. So, uh, JT, first of all, make us feel bad. It's like 14 degrees right now in the STL on Thursday as uh, we record this. So what's it looking like in Vegas?
1: I, I can't make you feel bad. Uh, as Tom's aware, it, uh, it snowed Monday. It snowed Tuesday. Now, nothing stuck, at least, uh, you know, in, in the higher ground, there's, there's mountains around Vegas, you can see uh, snow on the mountains, which the locals say never happens, and uh, it was a little bit warmer today, so we might hit 50 today.
0: I Might hit 50. All right. If,
1: if we were in Anaheim later on uh, here, here this weekend, I, I'm sure I'll be able to make you feel, uh, feel bad,
0: but right. uh, not, not today, folks. Uh, let's jump into the blues. I guess the first topic of discussion, everybody is uh, buzzing about uh, Vince Dunn and really just a We've talked about Vince many, many times here on the net front, and there's just a whole bunch of circumstances that are lining up that suggest the blues might want to realign their defensive core uh, going forward. And certainly a couple of the plays Vince made uh, on the ice didn't help matters. So JT, where do we stand with the uh, Vince Dunn drama?
1: Well, just when we had the uh, guillotine out and, and we're ready to chop his head off, uh, looks like he's, he, he's in a lineup tonight. Uh, he was with the third pairing with Nico Mikula in, uh, in practice uh, uh, over at uh, T-Mobile Arena on, uh, on Wednesday. So uh, looks like it's only a one-game benching. Uh, Craig Berube told us he loves Dunner, so we'll see how much he – he loves him if he keeps coughing up the puck like that, but, uh, yeah, there are, there are, there are a lot of ingredients in this, in this stew. Now for perspective, go back to the Stanley cup year, David Perron, remember he was benched for one game and we we're like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. And he turned out to have a great season with some time missed for, for concussion. But, uh, with Don, you're, you're right. They have an union. You wrote about it, uh, uh, today on, uh, on the Gordo's tip sheet, uh, that, uh, uh, they've got a lot of puck moving defensemen. There are contract issues with him. He took it right up to the wire before signing. And, uh, uh, you know, as Tom knows, uh, uh, we all know, uh, Doug Armstrong doesn't like those, those guys that, uh, those restricted free agents that push, push the limit. Remember Joel Edmondson, uh, went to arbitration and, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I guess as soon as uh, he could possibly trade him, he was, he was gone. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think the future looks promising for uh, for Vince Dunn for a variety of reasons, but we'll see. You know, he's uh, as soon as that news broke, I got a call from a Winnipeg reporter uh, that the Jets could use a number four defenseman, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot. I think Vince Dunn is more highly regarded outside of St. Louis than he is inside or uh, uh, among the Blues fandom. He, uh, you know, he's, he's like plus 30 over the, the previous two years. He's one of only 16 defensemen over the last two years that have more than 20 goals, so uh, you know he, he's he's got he's got a skill set, and uh, we'll see what happens.
2: Yeah, I mean, and the other reality is that the Blues are, you know, assuming Tarasenko comes back, and also you know there's no indication he's not. They've got to lose some salary to get back under the cap, and you know, Vince Dunn is, you know, there's there's the most most robust market for him. You know, it would be great if the Blues could trade Carl Gunnarsson, but I don't think there's going to be the market uh, for Gunny that there is for Dunny. So, uh, uh, the, you know, the, he's going to be the guy, you know, and his salary is right around that spot where it works, uh, to do it. And that's a position where they got a lot of guys. So, uh, you know, if you're trying to trade a defenseman and that's where they're going to do it, um, you know, that's, he's, the, he's, he
0: is the most likely candidate, uh, to be dealt. Yeah. And JT, you look at all the other factors, expansion draft coming, um, you know, I would have put him in that group of three to be protected. But, well, then I look at, you know, you got a guy like Scandela is playing well in a role that's difficult to fill. Um, You have, uh, you know, you want to get uh, our guy Nico into the lineup because he just offers so much of what this team needs Um, penalty killing size uh, going forward. He's a guy that can develop into a a real solid, um, really good complement to your, your puck movers. You know, the, and you've got, uh, you know, Wallman had a strong camp and, you know, Brunovich is a year away, but you've got him in the, in the pipeline as well. So you just look at all the factors that are lining up. Um, and It just so many things. If you look at the puzzle, I'll, uh, I'll go the same way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That I yeah. And point the, the way out of town for Vince Don. I, I wrote a story a couple months ago, kind of projecting through the, the, uh, the blues might expose an expansion draft and we it's it's great that you bring that up because that's that's one of the factors here and I had Dunn protected and and Falk going but uh now I mean my gosh uh Falk is 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 uh he's definitely been among their top top two defensemen so maybe you protect him and even with Dunn gone now you you'd have Krug, Pareko, Falk and Scandella if you're protecting just three defensemen. remember there are two formulas to do it, which I, I, I think is the, the, the way to go. It's the way that uh, Doug Armstrong went uh, during the Vegas, uh, uh, expansion draft. Uh, you've got a decision to make even, even right there, not, not, not even, uh, including, uh, uh, Vince Dunn. So, uh, yeah. I, I, and maybe this all just came to a head because of those two horrific plays against the Kings that, that turned that game. But, uh, you know, I think this is brewing for a while. I mean, I you heard maybe hints that, that maybe they were that Doug was making some phone calls over the summer, uh, while they were waiting for Vince Dunn to uh, uh you know, to sign his RFA. He had no uh, he had no leverage since he didn't have uh, arbitration rights. And uh, you know, I think if you put the true serum into Vince Dunn as well, you know, he'd say he you know, he wasn't happy with his, his playing time last year. It actually it got cut by
0: about a minute and a half.
1: And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure he, he, he was hoping for a top four role. Remember, uh, I, I think it was the 1819 uh, season. He, for quite a bit of the season, he was and there were some injuries, but he was in the number two pairing with uh, Pareco, I believe. So uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm sure there's some frustration uh, over playing time, at least entering this season by Vince Dunn. And also he, he was the lowest paid member of, of the team, at least the varsity roster last year. So even though he got a nice raise, he's still uh, he's still near the, uh, I'm sure, in the bottom third.
2: Yeah, and it seemed to be the case where, where what the Dunn camp is, is, you know, kind of valued his skills at and what the Blues have valued his skills at just don't seem to align. And, you know, that was the, obviously the Edmondson issue, why they kept going to arbitration. Um, he obviously thought he was worth more than the Blues thought he was worth. And that's where – and if you got another longer contract coming for him, you, you say, what's the long-term Vince Dunn? That um, chance to move on now. But still things in play. I mean, it, it, all it would take would be an injury to someone significantly higher in the defensive court. All of a sudden they need Vince Dunn. He becomes essential, and the picture changes. So these things are very – up until they happen, they remain greatly in flux.
0: On the positive side, uh, you mentioned Falk and I would not have, I think for like a hundred straight chats, I don't think I've done a hundred straight chats with this topic, <laughs> but if I had, I would have had Falk and every one of them exposed in the expansion draft, but boy, a, a right side, a right shooter, um, playing, taking on a reinvention and so far so good. And on a team that's had a lot of problems <laughs> early on settling in, um, you know we'll talk about jordan carby in a minute but among the veteran players boy it's it's just a revelation that he has become a different player
1: yeah he, re- he really has a, and uh no uh, better example than uh him getting in a fight uh, tuesday night uh with with mark stone to, to kind of take up for uh for tyler Bozak. it was only the sixth fight of uh, fox career he's not known as a fighter and all of a sudden he's dropping the gloves also you know he w- wasn't really known as a a physical player with Carolina, but and I don't have my uh, my little notebook uh, that Tom Timmerman uh, taught me how to uh, to to do about four years ago. But uh, he's he's led the team in the, in led or shared the team lead in hits like uh, five of the seven games. So all of a sudden he's throwing his weight around. And he's not a tall guy, but he's a sturdy guy, and so uh, you could see where he, he's he's got the you know, the physique to kind of, kind of be more physical. And, and he has been. So he's been a different kind of different kind of player this year in a lot of ways. And also he's about he's about plus six. I mean, he's been a minus player his whole career. So he's playing a uh, uh, playing really good hockey and managing, uh, you know, he managed to score two goals the, the other night uh, uh, w- without being on the power play.
2: Yeah, and actually, you know, it's, in some ways, it's, it's not necessarily a new Justin Falk. It's the old Justin Falk. It's the Justin Falk the Blues thought they were getting uh, when they made the trade. Uh, and so he's back after a, a year's vacation. But um, yeah, sure. I mean, the only game in which he's been a negative was that uh, was the 8 0 Colorado game. So he has, he's been there. He's been everything uh, they wanted. And um, it's been, a, you know, we talked about components, what needs to happen with Petrangelo going uh, to make up for that. And one of those things was Justin Falk needs to play like what he's doing right now. So that is one of the major issues they had to deal with uh, in Petrangelo's departure. And so, so far they're getting that component. there's still other components, Tory Krug on the power play, Colton Pareko, but um, Justin Falk, which may have been the biggest question mark of those three coming into the year um, is, is happening.
1: I do have my notebook here. Uh, it was <laughs> underneath my uh, breakfast sandwich, but I, uh... Plus six, he's plus six in, in seven games, which is really good. And, and, uh, between game two and, in and, and game six or so five games, he either, he either led or, or, shared the team lead in, in, in hits. And, and logging just tremendous minutes, uh, second only to parade going and just by a little bit.
0: i to another good topic. And, uh, although he's not, uh, a regular chatty Cathy as Jim Thomas would say in one of our old, old guy, uh, reference uh cultural references uh jordan Cairo is doing everything that uh, uh doug armstrong uh, has been waiting to see has been virtually promising has been um forecasting hopefully uh boy he just he just leaps out at you and it's not just the fact that he's uh he's using his speed on the rush and uh you know you, you write a you know you write about all the little things that that he's doing including uh you know, using some of that uh, that weight room work to good advantage.
1: Yeah, I think the excuse me the play uh, that he made to score the goal. I don't think he makes it last year. I think he gets bumped off the puck by Petro, doesn't get the shot off, and you know another near miss uh, by by the by the Blues. But uh, you know he's uh, he, he's uh, added about ten pounds. He's 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 close to to one one ninety in the upper one eighties. Remember when you were in the upper one eighties,
0: uh, Jeff Gordon. No, uh, once I was there right before I was trying to turn get over the hump with the wife, uh, future wife, I got down to 183 and that was for about a month and that was about 1980 ish. So, yeah,
1: and that worked,
0: huh? It did, it got you over the yeah, I was running up and down hills and everything. Yeah, that 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 was it. I did that for a couple months and then no, everything since then, it's been a sports writer. You seriously, you were running up and down hills. I was, I was committed. You man. and Jerry, you and about the same time, Jerry Rice, that was Jerry Rice's work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it worked, but uh, it only took five years, but you know, we worked, we got through it. So
1: yeah, but, but anyway, uh, Jordan Cairo, uh Yeah. It's, we, we always saw the talent and now the breakthrough. I know it's just, you know, it's just seven games. He's their, he's their top scorer. You know, to play for Baruby, you, you've got to compete. You got to win wall, wall battles, all that stuff. And, and, and he's doing it. It's something that Baruby and his staff they've been harping on for, you know, ever since really Kairo got here. So it's amazing the, the trajectories, I remember when they, when they, when they came out uh, of juniors, I mean, Thomas and, and Kyrie, they were two of the most highly regarded uh, junior players and Thomas stepped right in and was an instant factor. And we were all raving about the teenager and uh, it, it was a tougher slog for Kairo. So let, let, let's see if this has staying power. You know you have to you have to keep working in this league, and, and uh, if you stop working, everybody's gonna going catch you or pass you. And uh, also, I think teams will maybe start to get a book. They'll say, say that we've got to play off this guy a little bit, which could could create some opportunities for the guys on his wing. That that uh, line with Schwartzsen and Cairo, it's, it's the best thing the, the, that the Blues have going now. They've they've uh, they've had at least two points in uh, in the five each of the five straight games they've been together.
2: And Kyra is not afraid to shoot. I mean, you look at his, his shot totals, he's consistently taking seven or eight shots a game and he's getting um, half of them on goal. He's, he's some, that's something this team doesn't do nearly enough of is the, the shot attempts they, these, you know, they're get grossly massively outshot by the other team in every game. It's not because of Jordan Kyra. Um, you know, he's, he's doing his job to get the, to putting the puck on the net. Uh, which greatly increases your chances of scoring, which is something this blues team needs to do because, um, you know, they're, they're not um, maybe as offensively productive uh, as they need to be. Well, JT, that's your segue to talk about Robert Thomas.
1: Robert Thomas. Well, Ben Hockman wrote about him each. Ruby isn't, he's not happy with Thomas right now. Maybe not in the, uh, the Vince Dunn level of unhappiness, but, uh, uh, you know, he he gets put on that second power play unit. He's on a wing position. Well, we all know a wing position on the power play. That's a shooting position. That's gravy. Shoot the puck, try to score goals. And I think in like four games, he hasn't had a shot on goal. And so finally he got a little frustrated the same day that Dunn was benched. Thomas was taken off the, the power play unit, although he did, Maybe it was more symbolic than anything. He did end up playing a little, a little bit in that game, uh, Tuesday. So, you know, coaches, even media, I I think it was Tom, like right there next to to back in the days, those, uh, uh, nostalgic days when we're actually in the locker room interviewing players, he just kind of exasperatingly said to to Thomas, you know, you got to shoot more everybody, probably if it's, if. Thomas had a cat and his cat could talk. The cat would say, you know, you <laughs> need more. And uh, he just, he, he's actually, and I thought as last season progressed, he was shooting more, uh, but this year, no. And uh, 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 Braden Shen, very diplomatically yesterday, uh, Ben, ben Hockman asked him about Thomas, but very diplomatically said, you know, after a while the league starts to get a book on you. And I think they're, they're strictly paying Playing pass whenever Thomas uh, gets the puck. So and Craig Baruby, who rarely leaves us wondering how he feels about a subject, just said, said both Thomas and Hoffman uh, they need to forecheck better, which leads to getting a puck, and they 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 need to want it more. A chief is big on a will. They need the they need to be hungry to score. They need to want the puck. They need to want to shoot the puck. Now Hoffman doesn't have the he wants to shoot the puck, but uh, Thomas, he's, he's got to shoot it. And the funny thing, you know, we're talking about Kyra. If you look at their numbers in juniors, Thomas looked like more of the goal scorer and Kyra more of the passer. And now it looks like it's opposite, as Tom said. You, you get Kyra the puck and and, and and he's got a little bit of a lane. He's going to shoot it. He doesn't care.
2: Yeah, we're just looking. Robert Thomas has taken seven shots in seven games. I mean, it's one shot on average per game. I mean so yeah if there's ever the scouting report where it says this guy's not going to shoot I mean there there's defensemen that shoot more often than that Robert Portuzo probably shoots more than that so <laughs> you know three shots on goal in seven games it's just you are not going to make things happen uh with stuff like that um you know he can do magic with the puck but uh, he's going to have to he's going to have to shoot and um you know who knows how representative these opening you know two weeks have been as to what we're going to see and how guys change but it's it's a short season and so there's less time for all that but um yeah you'd think you know he's the message has gotten through to him before it will again but um and maybe it's because he's playing with Hoffman you know when he's playing with Hoffman it's like well I should be setting this guy up he's a tremendous shooter and scorer and maybe that's got him thinking more but um so far it's not happening
0: Closets by Design can help you get organized with 40% off, plus now get an additional 15% off and free installation from Closets by Design. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN. That's 1-800-B-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N. Closets by Design St. Louis is the official sponsor of Netfront Presents. Well, JT, you mentioned the, uh, the old days when uh, you actually could, uh, you know, get in the same room with players. Uh, We may, hopefully we'll see those days again, but um, our uh, COVID conditions uh, make it difficult. So, you know, Jim Thomas doesn't get to hug it out with his old friend, Alex Petrangelo and the boys normally would have been out and about at least at a a nice dinner with a whole bunch of guys and Alex between games, I imagine. Um, But man, I, there's a reunion, but Jim, it's not, it's not the sort of reunion you normally would have when a guy like Alex Petrangelo meets his old team, a former captain, cup winner, all those things uh, a little different.
1: Yeah. A, a lot different. And, and I don't think Petro takes him out to dinner. I think he invites him over to his mansion that he bought in the, the Summerlin area, including three, three fire pits. Who needs three fire pits? He could have said, okay, I want the defenseman at that fire pit, the goalies <laughs> at this one. And the forwards, uh, you huddle around the guy. Uh, The uh, third one, but yeah, nothing like that. And Vegas is, uh, it is really quiet here. I'm, I'm uh, staying, uh, or excuse me, the the T-Mobile is, uh, is very close to the MGM grand. And uh, that's actually where I've been catching my Uber rides in the, in the MGM grand. Yes. Even Jim Thomas knows how to use Uber here in 2021, but the, uh, the MGM grand is closed like Monday through Wednesday. It's closed. So the the town is quiet. Uh uh there's supposedly, you know, the there's the business has really been hurt by the uh there, there are no foreign tourists here, you know. Uh and uh uh that, that that's really hurt. My my hotel is usually about 20% capacity. They said it's uh, it's up a little bit. So the town is is pretty dead and and uh yeah, may, maybe uh when uh the blues come out here later things will open up and they'll get to to, to jump in the uh uh, 60 foot swimming pool that uh, petro has whatever it is or go down in his uh his big game room but uh uh, not so much bonding this time around
2: yeah though i got to think that uh you know his wife jane is probably happy not to have you know 20 guys coming over for dinner that's uh (laughs) probably uh but much much good news for them they got room for him but still you know Cooking for uh, for twenty can be a uh, can be a challenge. So I guess they can afford to have it catered if they. Uh, if
0: they want <laughs> yeah. Now the other thing is you're in Vegas. Now this team has been horrific on the the second half of back to backs, and of course, everybody uh, back when Vegas was Vegas, there was always concern about the General Welfare Team, anyways, the visitors and. And yeah, I remember the MGM. I remember doing a morning show there, a uh, radio show while at the MGM. So you're up at four o'clock in the morning and going down to the ballroom, you had to step over. Um, well, the <laughs> hallways of the MGM looked like Normandy beach, people who didn't make it back to their room. They were just out unconscious laying in the hallways scattered about the, the labyrinth. That is that hotel. Ooh. And One of them might have
1: been Steve Overby. I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you just, you just, you just had to walk over all the carnage to get to because that was a bad hour in Vegas. But, but JT, none of that is a problem for the Blues. But so there's no excuse there. But boy, how do they how do they come back and have a better performance? I mean, it was a little sketchy in the first half of the of this Twin Bill, but uh, of this two, these two game sets. But boy, they've been pretty bad in the second half of these games. So yeah.
1: And, and 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 this is a team. If you're if you're bad in the second game, they, they will really embarrass you. Like Colorado Avalanche, eight to nothing style. I mean, we've we've all seen the Knights enough, uh, especially this last couple of years. They just keep coming at you and coming at you. And Bennington was really really good the other night. Uh, uh, Forty-two saves, the second highest save total of his career. And he got a little lucky with the iron too. I think they hit at least three posts and and one uh, one crossbar. So a little bit of luck involved in that victory as uh, as well. We all keep waiting for this to look more like Blues hockey, and I, I've written about how maybe their identity might be a little bit different because they have more skill and skating ability, not just Kyrou, which is uh, which is glaring, but you know Krug's a very good skater, Hoffman, and you know they might be a little bit more uh, offensive minded, uh, but uh, we see no defense. I mean, they're they're near the bottom of the league. Uh, I think they're tied for fifth with Chicago for, for uh, goals allowed per game, Uh, fifth worst, uh, 3.71. And they're giving up a ton of shots like 33 a game. And I don't know, fellas, when, when, when does the defense get, get better?
2: That's a good question. (laughs) Uh, Soon you would, you, you would like to think, yeah, the one thing they've got going for them in the second Vegas game is that even though they won the first Vegas game, they, they didn't play really well. I mean that was a game they should have lost that game in a in a just world. Um, so maybe that then works the other way. Maybe they can they'll be making more adjustments uh, than Vegas will because Vegas outplayed him in that game. And Vegas, you know, outshot him and outchanced him and and everything. And if you know, therefore, Jordan Bennington they pull the game they pull the game out. So. Uh, Maybe that works, you know, in their favor. I I think it was Braden Shen who, after after the loss to LA, said, you know, maybe we were just feeling good about ourselves after the first Los Angeles game. And it's like, how could you know that wasn't a really great game for him either? And they won that one. So, um, you know, this team right now has no reason, I would think, to go into this game saying, yeah, we're doing we're doing a great job. Uh, I don't think this is a team that has any facility right now for resting on their laurels. Uh, they, they need to be better. Um, you know, they've gotten some wins that uh, you know, they were fortunate to get.
0: And I hate to bring up another bad topic, but on a related note, uh, JT, there's, we still have no evidence, no tangible evidence that we can work with that suggested Billy Huso is an NHL goaltender. Now I'm not doing, saying the kid's doomed. You yeah. may, he may turn out well, but if you're a blues fan, you're sitting here and you're thinking, you know, I still haven't because there's been no preseason people didn't get to see the scrimmages. Um, he hasn't had, you know, he's had one NHL start, which went badly. He's had one NHL relief appearance, which went really badly. Uh, the team didn't, hasn't played well in front of him, which is a whole nother issue, but, uh, but JT man um, blues fan getting a little anxious here about, uh, about Benner's backup.
1: Well, you know, it, it doesn't make take, much to get blues fans towards the ledge. I mean, uh, after all those years of covering the Rams, I thought football fans were bad, but blues fans on that score, many others like multiply them times, at least five in terms of, (laughs) of uh, panicky. And so, yeah. And, but you know, uh, you, you, as a fan, you can only uh, go by what your eyes see and what we've seen with Villa this year has not been, uh, has not been very good. Now he, you know, he's been seasoned. In the minors, there was a—we all know there was a time when he was ahead of Jordan Bennington on the on the on the depth chart. Uh, Tom and I and, and and you, Jeff, we've seen seen him play very very well in preseason games. But yeah, it's been ugly. So I would I would assume you'll get the second game of this back to back with Anaheim this weekend. But what if he gives up another five spot? I mean, how long of a leash do you have? People say, oh, go get a veteran backup goalie. And like, wait a minute, yo, you you have cap issues. A veteran backup goalie, one, if he was available, what does that say about the veteran backup goalie that's available? And two, it, it might be two, three million more dollars of uh, uh, cap deficit that you're gonna. It's almost like you're using the Vladdy Tarasenko credit card, that LTR IR money, until until he comes back. So yeah, this is a little bit of a pickle, and John. Uh, 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 Gilles, uh, you know, it's not like he's okay. He's had played a few NHL games, but it's not like he's a, a proven uh replacement. So, yeah, I'm sure if it is uh Sunday in Anaheim, it'll it'll it'll, it'll be uh an eight just uh two and a half hours for Blues fans.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Ville Huso is is you know the right price for this team. I mean, $750,000 a year, he is as cheap a guy. Uh, as you can get, and you know the Blues were you know acknowledged that they're they were taking a chance on him, um, you know, and that's we've seen him play better. I mean, certainly in preseason games in the past years he has played excellently, and he has consistently had good numbers, you know, in the AHL except for the one time that allowed Jordan Bennington to become a hero. So um, you know, I think the Blues are going to give him some faith. But boy, if there was a question I was asked in the chat yesterday, it was you know, what about Vince Dunn and what about Ville Husso? but I don't know that there's a lot of options for the Blues to go out and swing some deal for, you know, you know, the next coming of Jake Allen. I mean, it's amazing now and, you know, now Jake Allen is, is going to be like, the if only they had Jake Allen. This was, you know, a, a fan base, parts of it for years, you know, couldn't wait to, you know, buy him the bus ticket, but, um, you know, Jake Allen now would be the solution to all your problems. You'd be confident. Uh, to have Jake Allen there, but, but I, I have some faith in Billy Husso, and I think they'll give him, he's got more room to maneuver. And especially on a guy who's going to play, you know, they could conceivably 10 times, a, you know, 10 times this year, he has to play. Um, now, if something were to happen to Binnington, then it, it gets a little dicey, then the pressure is certainly up on him. Um, but he's, you know, he's shown in the past that he can do this. Now he just said, but he's never done it at the NHL. And that was said last year. You want a guy to have NHL games. That's how you can tell, how, you know, what he can do. And the blues didn't have a chance to get Huso in any games last year because Bennington and Allen stayed healthy. And uh, now B- Huso's you know, learning on the fly.
0: All right. Last topic on the net front with uh, Jim Thomas in Las Vegas, Tom Timmerman uh, here in the STL. I'm Jeff Gordon. The, um, as Ron Caron would would always say, it, it's early, but it's late. And although it's early in the season, um, it is a 56-game season, and some of these playoff races are going to be interesting. So the Rangers are 1-4-1, and one, looking bad. New York, very disappointed. Uh, people in Vancouver were setting themselves on fire when they lost five of the first seven until Ottawa showed up to, to donate some blood. Um, you know, on balance – because these games are, everything's magnified. Now the blues have won a couple of big games when they haven't played their best, which is important because man, this we're, we're seeing it with other teams that things can get away pretty quickly. JT in, in the shortened schedule and uh, was the way some of these races are going to shape up.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Now, interestingly, you know, you look at last season and the, and the excuse me, the blues are coming off a cup and they started three, two and three. They, they blew three two-goal leads in that game. They had a couple of games against Montreal where they were just obliterated, you know, gave up five, six goals. And I don't recall the kind of the the levels of panic by the fans as I do now, or even Baruby, It's definitely much more of a crabby chief, grumpy chief. <laughs> yeah. He really seems uh, uptight. And I think it's exactly uh, because of what you're saying, that uh, he wants more of a sense of urgency with only 56 games They they don't have as long to kind of get their game together, and and uh, I think he's been driving that point home to to the to the players. And the Blues are lucky that uh, you know, as Tom alluded to, uh, Bennington Bennington got them the two points against Vegas. He got them a point against San Jose. Uh, hey, you know, where would they be if they didn't have those three points? Well, they'd, they'd have three less points. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be uh, I think a tight race. I think early on we've seen in the West, the California teams look like they're going to, I'm not saying they're playoff teams, but uh, uh, now we haven't seen Anaheim yet, but the Kings and San Jose, they, they look like they're going to be a little bit better this year.
2: Actually three less points in the, uh, in the Honda West division, as we uh, need, should, or, or as the league is calling it, uh, we should have a test. Who can remember what's, what's the central division? It's, um, but, I don't know uh, any
1: of the other three. Is is one a uh, uh, is one a
2: Acura division?
1: Or, <laughs> no, it's the, I, I
2: the Scotia North Division, the Mass Mutual East Division. Oh, great! Discover Central Division.
1: Now only Tom Timmerman would know that. Do you agree, Jeff? <laughs> uh, it's only, only in the mind of Tom Timmerman would he know.
2: Right, but if the Blues had three less points, where they would be? They'd be in seventh place in the division, in the Honda West Division. So yeah, um, you know we, that's one of your more tightly packed uh you know groups but yeah i mean that's one of the things we wondered in the bubble is when teams you know you you know when, once teams are are out of it how do they react you know when teams fall behind in a series would they pack it up with this season you know will you see you know if the Rangers or Ottawa or Detroit if they you know just fall on their face at what point is like oh you know but yeah each game is worth a game and a half. I mean you're you're playing two thirds of the season. So while the Blues have played seven you know, they've really played 11, you know, they played a quarter of the of the or an eighth of the season already. So um, yeah, the numbers will add up, uh, will add up quickly. And this is a run there and they play, you know, like 14 games in 24 days right now. That's one quarter of their season is being played in a 24 day span. Um, it, you know, if, if they're bad right now that really puts you in a hole um, for the year and you're going to, keep playing Vegas and Colorado you're going to see good teams you're going to see them a lot you know you're you're harder to have a run of games against bad opponents uh, because anytime you get one team you get them you get them twice
1: and yet the Blues are on 105 point pace but why are we so nervous that that is the conundrum of uh of the 2021 season right now
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's Jim Thomas. Uh, we heard from Tom Timmerman. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been NetFront Presence. Reminder that you can find NetFront Presence and all of our podcasts on STL Today uh, from the Post Dispatch crew at stltoday.com/slash/podcast. Also, check out all of our podcasts on your favorite uh, podcast app. So we appreciate your support. Uh, We will be back again next week. Until then, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. See ya!